Good evening. This close to me. Good evening, and welcome to the Tuesday, December 5th, 2023 Lawrence City Commission meeting. We will begin tonight with instructions from Sherry, our city clerk. Thank you, Mayor, and good evening, everyone. To minimize distractions during the meeting, please silence your cell phone. For those attending virtually, please ensure you are muted and your video is off when you are not actively participating in the meeting. The city reserves the right to turn videos off or mute virtual participants. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. When the mayor calls for public comment, please approach the podium to indicate you wish to speak. For those participating virtually, uh, please use the raise hand function to indicate you wish to speak. Please leave your virtual hand raised until you are called on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat and all chats go directly to the meeting host. Please state your name before speaking and all comments will be limited to three minutes. Thank you, Sherry. We'll now begin with item A of the approving the agenda. The city commission reserves the right to amend, supplement, or reorder the agenda during the meeting. Are there any commissioners that would like to change the meeting? If not, I'll ask for a motion. Move to approve. Second. I got a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. Next item, B, which is public comment. The public is allowed to speak on issues or items that are not scheduled for discussion on the agenda. Comments should be limited to issues and items germane to the business of the governing body. The commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the commission make decisions on items presented during this time. Members of the public will be limited to three minutes for comments. Are there, is there anybody that would like to make a public comment, general public comment? My name is Tron, and I'm prepared a speech in, in regards to my public comment and the concerns I have. Okay, go ahead. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is why our forefathers created this country. The very same forefathers who dared to ask the questions that made America what we know today. Without those questions, or the individuals who risked everything in order to ask them, because with those, without those questions, there will be no progress. And with no progress, the country risks itself into stagnation. Therefore, I ask the questions. Where is life? Where is this liberty? What is the happiness you speak of in the subjugation, demoralization, the outright judgment, bigotry, and discrimination of an unprotected class, the poor, vulnerable, and unsheltered? Is there life this winter in a hypothetical but very realistic situation? Someone dies in an attempt to uh, one hour and 30 minute walk to winter shelter below a freezing Sunday night just because it is the only guaranteed way for no other reliable transportation available. Is there liberty, of use? where is the liberty you speak of? The city has been trying to pressure and looks like it will try to attempt to decriminalize anyone who does not have a shelter. If they do not comply to be herded like sheep into a poorly mismanaged chaotic homeless shelter of a sanctioned camp or temporary out upcoming pallet shelters. I'm sure we all remember the volunteer ostrich behind Johnny's. But there, where is the liberty or the freedom and pressure being made to feel like this is the only available option? With the constant us versus them mentality, the house versus the end house, the homeless versus the regular house citizens of Lawrence, the normal civilized citizens who, must, who can hide their addiction in the safety of their four walls of their home versus those drugged on the streets and homeless. Where is the happiness in being pitted against each other in the sub Education, accepted bigotry, and the legal discrimination on the still unprotected class of the homeless. Are we not all living in America? Are we not all human? First, 
came, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Martin Nomer, a Lutheran pastor, an ex-Nazi sympathizer. In closing, I'd like to make the statements I have thought up of, and I feel it ever so fitting in this situation. If I, didn't, if I don't see a change, then be that change, become and enact that change, not looking at the past, but rather moving forwards, not backwards. Let us make America dream again. Thank you. Other general public comment? Hi, this is Chris Flowers, and I'll just start out real quick. I want to thank Courtney Shipley for her, her time as commissioner, and I, there are things she did that I appreciate. I appreciate her voting against some of the taxes that exist. Some of the tax breaks you gave some of the bigger businesses around town. But anyway, enough of that. I want to talk about what I, I think is important tonight, and that's the election of a new mayor and vice mayor. I sent in public comment. I don't know if you all got it, but... Um, this past year, no offense to our current mayor, I think she's a better commissioner than a, a mayor, but she made mistakes. Um, she told a public commenter that you can't make a public comment on a proclamation when that's not in the rules. Um, she tried to put, um, reappoint an advisory board member to a third term when I think two terms is the norm. Um, and then just a couple months ago, she did the, she appointed the business owner um, who had used the term psychos to refer to some homeless people and didn't even interview someone else who had um, applied. So, and also all her appointments to the shelter board were white and she didn't you know, interview a black woman who had applied. So I just want to use that as an example of why you all should be voting for who you think will do the job best instead of just going by year by year, you know? Because if, if you do it by who you think's best, that it adds more incentive for them to do a good job. Because as it is now, you have, you, you get a year no matter what, because you're, that's how tradition goes. Everyone but Commissioner Sellers is going to get a year. And I think that's kind of BS, because this past year, I think she's shown that she's probably one of the best qualified to do the job, because she called out the mayor for not doing her diligence to make sure she's getting the best members for a board, and making sure that our boards are, have diversity in them. And if this next year, we're going to be redoing those advisory boards. And I don't know how it's going to go down. As it is now, I think there's a chance that the mayor could be appointing everyone. And I want, I want the commissioner who's actually going to try to make sure everyone's voices is, are heard. So I hope you all nominate Commissioner Sellers. And I think, I hope she, if you don't, I hope she nominates herself because we deserve someone who's going to actually try to do their best as mayor and not just half-ass it. Thank you. Other public comment? I'll second pretty much everything Chris said. 
but I want to, the, the correction that needs to be made, it really doesn't matter who's up there. What matters is what's going on over there. You have, I was talking to Jonathan out here, the, the work group facilitator for the police department. The, and I'm, it dawned on me that you have two departments in this city that run almost identically. The police department and HID. And in that conversation, it kind of dawned on me as well, why? Because those are your two most public-facing debacles that you have on a weekly to monthly basis. Whether it's police overstep or stepping on citizens' rights or whether it's the homeless division kicking people out that are helping. And then to get months down the road and acknowledge failures is a little late, you know. Tron came up here and spoke, you know. He, he lived out at that camp. Haven't seen him out there much lately. But he mentioned something about pitting people against each other. I even brought you guys an individual with the city who was literally pitting people, homeless people, against each other in some kind of narcissist, uh, I don't even want to use that word, fight club thing. I don't even know what the hell it was. But that was going on out there, and it gets ignored and brushed under, just like problems at the police department. Misty Bosch Hastings has quoted in the paper as saying that the city has learned its lesson, that the city can't be a service provider and all these other things. We told you that. We, we screamed that at you guys a year ago, because it's a year ago this time right now when I started getting involved with homelessness. And we yelled at you guys and said, you're not qualified. All you need to do is facilitate and get the service providers in there to do their thing. Get the facilities in place, get the funding in place. That's your role, that's it and then get the hell out of the way. But instead of listening then, you're gonna to try to acknowledge failures now. What about the harm that was done in the meantime? Any concerns there? Or do we just pretend like that's a collateral damage, necessary evils? Those are people's lives that you guys don't seem to care about. And the things that Chris said about the board appointments, Ms. Larson, that's literally why we're, we need somebody that's a little more honorable in the mayor position because the fact that you didn't interview Denise is, is just shameful. Absolutely shameful. Other general public comment? Hi, my name is David Baston. Um, uh, I've been coming up here for roughly little over six months and got uh, I didn't know nothing about government or anything and then I, I've uh, over this time I know original reason I came was for our taxes are out of control here I'm sure everybody knows uh, I brought brought up several different things that we could maybe look at uh, I, and I've talked to a few tried to talk to a few of the people in different departments and I might as well be talking to the wall. It seems like uh, nothing's, I don't, I, I'm just at a loss. I'm, I don't even know. I mean, you've said from the beginning, people need to come and express their, uh, their concerns and stuff, but I've been here expressing my concerns and I see why people don't come back because it doesn't seem like I see any changes. So, and I know there, I mean, I know we're working hard on, on some things, but we really need to address 
we really need to address different departments and things. I've tried to get a hold of the people that inspect the streets after we have work done by other people. They've never got back with me. I've tried to get with them three times because I went and inspect some of the stuff and it's, it's not very good. And that's kind of the field I've been in for a long time. So why aren't they getting inspected? Why aren't we doing uh, some of those jobs ourselves like we used to? Um, the city used to do all the curbs, all the sidewalks. Everything's all everything's subbed out. Everything we do here is subbed out to somebody, it seems like. And I mean, if they're making money at it, we ought to be able to save money at doing. I mean, we can hire some more people. There's just tons of stuff. But it's just really frustrating when you have some some uh, comments or opinions and even me um, I sent an email to all of you about uh, the jail and I've got one response from Ms. Sellers and nobody else responded to me at all so uh, I don't know I don't know what's up with that either so uh, I've emailed a few, copied a few people on some emails with no responses from the same people I haven't heard back from. So it's just, it's just super frustrating. And I, I, I totally understand now why people don't come in here and express what they, uh, their concerns, because it really doesn't seem like you guys are trying to, to help. Uh, I know you work hard at what you do, but Time. I just wish there was more. Thank you, David. Any other general public comment? Anybody on Zoom? No, Mayor. Okay. We will go into our consent agenda. Items on the consent agenda are considered under one motion and approved by one motion. Members of the governing body may remove items for separate discussion if desired. Members of the public may remove items identified as quasi-judicial for separate discussion if desired. Members of the public will be limited to three minutes for comments. Is there any commissioner that would like to remove an item from the consent agenda? Nope. There are no quasi-judicial items, so we'll move for a motion. Move to approve. Second. Got a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. Okay, we're on to our work session. The work session provides an opportunity for the city commission to discuss items in greater detail. The commission will take no binding action on items presented during this time. Work session topics are eligible for public comment. Members of the public will be limited to three minutes for comments. So tonight we're going to receive an update from a company, the Confluence, the lead consultant firm guiding the Parks and Rec Arts and Cultural Comprehensive Plan for the city. Good evening, Mayor and Commissioners. Porter Arneal, Assistant Parks and Recreation Director for Arts and Culture. 
Um, as you just mentioned, and as you know, the Parks, Recreation, Arts, and Culture Comprehensive Plan will focus on our unmistakable identity outcome area and formally integrate arts and culture within the Parks and Recreation Department. The city is working with Confluence, a firm based in Kansas City, to help our community develop a more inclusive and robust plan to align the department with the strategic plan. Tonight, members of the Confluence Consulting Team will provide an update to the Commission on the project scope, current status, key milestones, and timeline. PJ Novick and Hank Moyers are here um, with us tonight, and the rest of the team, including Leon Younger of Pros Consulting and Amanda Golden from Designing Local, will join us virtually. So I'll turn it over to PJ and Hank. Thanks, Board. Good evening, everyone. Good to see you all. I try not to um, repeat what we talked about a few months ago, but I just thought I'd give everyone an update, especially for the new commissioners coming in. Again, uh, I'm PJ Nova, the Confluence Principal in charge of the project. Um, our team. Uh, tonight we'll talk about it. We'll do, it. We've done introductions. We're going to talk about the process and the timeline. We're Hank will touch on the uh, existing inventory of facilities and parks that we've completed, and then we'll summarize what our next steps are with that. With that, as I said, Confluence, we're, we're leading the project. We're the lead uh, master planning and leading the public engagement uh, for the project. Pros Consulting, Leon and his team are working on the demographics, trends, operations, and park programming. And then we've got Designing Local. Amanda and her team is working on the arts and cultural planning component with that. And then we also have ETC on the team for the survey, which, uh, which is nearing completion with that. <clears throat> Why we plan now, number one, we want to define the community vision for the Parks and Recreation Arts and Culture uh, program. We want to strategic prioritize funding and implementation, so as, we, as the plan moves forward, you've got good stewardship of the financial dollars that are being put into the system with that. Uh, I'll take a look at programming capital improvement planning from the information we receive from the survey and from public input, and it really is a flexible living document. The board and, and the department really needs to revisit this once a year just to take a look if, if it warrants change. And we really, the realistic completion of the recommendations over the next 10 years is what we're shooting to guide this. So far, we've, uh, we've completed tasks, uh, inventory and documentation of all the existing parks. We have reviewed all the recreation facilities and support structures with staff. We've completed the level of service mapping. We have conducted uh, the first public workshop. We had about 80 attendees there. Some didn't sign in, but we just by headcount. We got that. We did visual preferencing that evening, and we received 110 comment cards completed, which I think was a, a nice turnout for that event. Um, we have a, a website up that's a social pinpoint, and I I'll, I'll, won't go through all of these, but we've got mapping activity results. So we've got a total of the top areas where people can pin on those specific locations in town. Uh, the number one was Outlook Park. It goes through all, all the different parks through there, so that just depends on where people are putting their pin, making a comment or expressing a concern. Uh, the survey results, we, you know, in addition to the statistically valid survey, we have the just the serve, very simple survey that's on the website with that. We, so far, we've had a number of 71 contributors on that, and then we've also had 39 in-person meeting responses. Uh, the public art program uh, voting, which we had at the public meeting, the number one ranking, uh, number one was functional art, murals was second, lighted installations, mosaics, temporary works, and sculptures were in there. And then on that, uh, on the visual graph, on the visual preferencing on the website, goes down the number one priority from 
from those, I think there's about 45 of those. Number one is restrooms, shelters, farmers market, nature center, all three of you all can read. I won't go through that in detail. But uh, so we, we've got, in addition, uh, we've got at this point the statistically valid survey. I think when we checked Friday, we had 400, and I believe 460 or so. We're going to have 500, so that's a great turnout. We hope to have that information all, all calculated and back to us by the end of the year, and that's when we can start moving forward. So with that, I think we're getting a lot of good public input um, with that. And with that, I will turn it over to Hank to go through uh, the next steps. Thank you, PJ. Um, Hank Myers, um, Associate Principal with Confluence and Project Manager on the project. Um, as part of it, PJ mentioned as well that we have been uh, heavily involved in the inventory of your existing facilities. We have visited all 42 of the different facilities listed here down the side, which include all of your neighborhood parks, all of your community parks, uh, greenways and preserve areas, as well as future parks. Um, as, as part of this, we also got into the uh, level of service analysis, and you can see on this map, we've identified in the cyan color all of your neighborhood park facilities, and in darker blue, all of your community level parks. Um, with each of those different park types, um, neighborhood parks having about a half mile service radius typically um, for areas that they serve, um, that allows for about a five minute walk to a, a neighborhood park. And then you look at community parks, and those typically have about a mile um, uh, to two mile service radius as part of that. And so you can start to see um, the overlap that starts to occur where the red areas on this map are currently the underserved portions of the community. Uh, orange are served um, and yellow are the, the most served. Um, so you can start to see the gradients that start to occur on those areas within the community and see the spots that need the most attention and additional facilities. Um, also on the engagement, uh, PJ mentioned we've had two steering committee meetings um, and as well as the initial open house meeting. Um, we've had numerous uh, staff input sessions and he also mentioned the statistically valid survey is currently being wrapped up as it is right now along with the uh, social pinpoint website and then the online surveys. Um, some of our next steps and things that we're really going to be looking at next are really having another steering committee meeting where we start to review the results of the statistically valid survey with that steering committee. Um, we will finish up the survey results from social pinpoint as well um, and make a summary on that. And all of this will start to lead into a final recommendation for each of the different uh, service areas that we're really looking at as part of the master plan. And then ultimately we'll have a second public open house once we have those recommendations in place to really share that with the community and make sure that the community really supports the recommendations that are being made um, within the, those uh, documents. Um, as PJ mentioned, a timeline for this, the statistically valid survey should be complete by the end of the year. Um, we should have our draft recommendations and a second public meeting um, probably towards the middle of February is what we're looking at there um, with the final recommendations for city review in mid-March. And then ultimately um, in April, we plan on presenting the final document um, to this body for approval and adoption. Um, I mentioned earlier about the inventory of parks facilities. Um, some of the things and categories and 
items that we addressed and look at as part of those facilities is really the pedestrian trails and connectivity. Um, how, how well connected are these facilities to schools, to the roadway network, to other neighborhoods, and all of the critical areas within the community? Um, what are some of the upgrades to programmatic amenities that need to be made based on their conditions? Um, what are some of the ADA um, accessibility uh, improvements that need to be made as well as uh, connectivity? And then making sure that there's a variety of parks, spaces, and types um, spread throughout the community and equally distributed um, across the area. And then also, are there other places potentially for the city to look at additional land um, for additional parks? Primarily, when you start to look at the service areas, are there underserved areas of the community that need to have parks? And where, what are some of the opportunities that you can look at as far as that? And with that, I will turn it over to Amanda with Designing Local. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much, PJ. Um, <clears throat> we are really excited about where we are in this process. Uh, we have completed our discovery phase where we've spent uh, a lot of time really interviewing a number of stakeholders and really getting to the heart of both what you do really well and also what your community hopes that you do in the future and how you serve the arts and culture sector. Um, we have provided a report to Porter and his team for review. And we have also worked on a number of case studies to kind of support some of the main overarching topics that we heard. We really wanted to understand and dive deep and um, thinking about how communities, uh, specifically in university, Tongan, uh, communities are dealing with arts and culture within their parks department. And um, <clears throat> I believe we've provided at least six uh, different case studies, some of which you're already reviewing in the uh, rest of the parks document, but some of which um, we wanted to pull and say, you know, these communities aren't doing arts and culture well, and here's how Lawrence can really strive uh, and grow. <clears throat> One of the mandates at the very beginning of this process was thinking through how public art could live in the parks department in a more formal way. We have drafted a, um, an update to your percent for arts ordinance, uh, and the review is ready. Uh, and, and really, we're just waiting on the, the survey results to come back to provide us with some additional insight before we think through what recommendations might be. And I'm going to let Jasmine, if she's available uh, and on screen, to go ahead and talk about um, some of these different information buckets. Yeah, thank you, Amanda. So throughout our stakeholder interview process and during the public meeting that we had, we started to kind of bucket out some different topics that are important to people. And none of these are um, at the point where we would say formally they're going to make it into the plan. We still need to review and make sure that these are actionable and that they make sense to implement under the new structure. But the big topics are public art, making sure that art is represented in the physical environment in Lawrence, having staffing support, um, key staff members to represent um, different community bodies and to also work directly with artists and members of cultural organizations. Um, we did a lot of discussion around programming and events, um, streamlining things to make sure that those that hold events feel supported and also that events draw more community members and get them engaged. Along those same lines, cultural spaces where people can engage in the culture of Lawrence, and then different mechanisms for funding a variety of programs, including um, art and capital projects and more sustainable funding models. 
Lastly, we're going to explore marketing and what we can do to make sure that people can get the word out about their events, um, cultural programming and art happening in Lawrence, and also what the perception is of that arts and culture brand. And then the big idea stuff, which we're hoping that our survey results will help us kind of draw some more conclusions about for large projects to happen in Lawrence. Thanks, Jasmine. Uh, so our next steps are really to kind of reconcile the case studies that we provided uh, and understand um, how those case studies are being used and recommendations in the broader plan, and then determine you know where are those research gaps appearing. We want to make sure that you all are equipped with as much information as possible to make uh, as an informed decision uh, that you can make. And understanding what your peer cities are doing is is a huge part of being able to do that. Uh, as we share, we're waiting on those survey results, uh, and then you know our next step really in early winter is to draft the, the arts and culture element of the document um, and then come back to the community and make sure that we heard them correctly. I think that's a huge part of, of what we're um, tasked with here. There is a lot of passion around arts and culture and we want to make sure that we accurately heard the folks that showed up. Uh, and if folks didn't show up, make sure that they can identify what those gaps are and make sure that we are uh, identifying those needs and thinking through how the city can support those needs. Thank you, Amanda. Um, next, we'll have uh, pros join us. Um, Leon, are you on the phone? Okay, so it doesn't appear that Leon's on the phone. Um, Pros has been doing uh, what we've been going through with the benchmark analysis here. Um, and really this identifies just the um, operating matrix uh, that uh, Lawrence compares themselves against. Um, and the goal of this is really to evaluate how your system stacks up against those other communities and where you want to go in the future. Um, there's three agencies that they used as part of this, um, one being Bloomington Parks and Recreation in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, Columbia Parks and Rec in Columbia, Missouri, and then Corvallis Parks and Recreation in Corvallis, Oregon. <laughs> One of the things that they plan on doing is looking at uh, these peer agencies to look at um, the park number of park acres developed um, per thousand residents, uh, the trails uh, per thousand residents, and also the number of employees, full-time employees per 10,000 residents to kind of compare that yourself against these other communities. Um, they will also look at the operating expenses per acre, um, the operating uh, expense per full-time employee, and also um, a uh, much lower capital budget than the communities uh, that were included in the, in the uh, analysis. And really, they'll also go through and do a recreational program assessment. So the goal of this is really to understand um, what your current recreational offerings are um, within the community, identify what you do strongly and where some challenges and opportunities may exist, um, but also look at what are your core programs and maybe where are some things that um, different programs can be phased out that may not be as well um, attended. Um, and really, it's looking at opportunities to really maximize um, the, the programs that the community is, is really engaged with in, in the community. 
community and also in the future looking at the uh, financial data and also um, looking at what those offerings should be in the long term and what those life cycle uh, trends may be. So as part of that framework for the uh, assessment, um, they will look at making sure that there's a diverse type of program offerings um, and that it really serves all of the different um, ages as well as um, interest groups as part of the community. Um, and some of those other um, activities that are supported within the community through these different facilities listed here. Um, when they looked at the program assessment overview, some of the things that stood out was that the program descriptions and goals within each of the core programs um, are, are at Lawrence effectively communicate with the key benefits and desired outcomes for the participants. Um, some of the age segments are represented among uh, various core group areas and um, they were checking to make sure that the different program life cycle stages, 59% of uh, Lawrence's programs are categorized in the introduction, takeoffs, and uh, growth stages. Um, some of the other observations, there's some pricing strategies that are used consistently across all the core program areas at Lawrence. And um, they price programs according to market rate, established uh, cost recovery goals, and the customer's customers' ability to pay. Um, there's a few core program areas that are operating at or above what their uh, cost recovery goals are currently. And uh, there are a variety of methods uh, that have been used for uh, program performance tracking, including uh, customer satisfaction levels through surveys, uh, program cancellation rates, and participation levels. Um, and the methods for marketing and promotions rely heavily on technology. Uh, the printed advertisements are also used regularly, but um, they get more feedback from the online um, engagement. Um, here are just uh, some of the core programs that uh, they've identified within there. Um, most of these being things like adult sports, aquatics, camps, uh, gymnastics, golf, lifelong recreation, nature, uh, special events, and uh, youth sports. Um, some of the key findings of existing core program areas, uh, the additional programming staff, partnerships, and space can increase capacity for more programs to meet demand. Uh, sustainable uh, funding sources ensure recreational opportunities for low-income individuals and families. Uh, communication stand standards and a work order management process are not fully used. Um, and there is no program resource guide to reduce communication gaps and provide a tool for proactive planning. And currently there is no onboarding process for the staff about programming standards, processes, and resources uh, that is being utilized. So as part of this, the next steps, um, as we mentioned, we'll get the uh, surveys back by the end of the year, at which point we'll have all of the tabs um, um, processed and we'll be able to have a full uh, brief um, on what those mean uh, with uh, Parks and Recreation staff. And that will allow us to really go into the next phases of recommendations development, at which point, once we have those recommendations in place, we'll take those back out to the community for another public workshop, and then ultimately wrap up in April with the final adoption of the, the document. So with that, I appreciate your time. And if there's any questions, we'd be happy to answer them. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, any questions? Uh, where are cemeteries? Cemeteries are included as part of this process. They are part of the inventory. Um, I didn't see them on any of your lists there. Well, we need to get that added back in. Thank you for- Oh, did it get- I think it must have been pulled out of this, but we, the cemeteries have been identified as part of this process. Okay. And are being calculated as part of the overall level of service right. uh, within the document. And not to lead you, but to acknowledge that we have a historic cemetery and in theory, possibly two historic cemeteries, actually possibly three historic cemeteries. Um, so that um, also ties into cemetery tourism, which is a real thing. And of course, the programming that goes in the cemetery, which you, you I'm sure know, yes. and certainly Parks, Parks and Rec knows. Um, so I just want to be sure that's not an oversight. And our last Parks and Rec strategic plan, that was absolutely ignored. Okay. So please do not forget that. Yeah, just in that we, we've toured them all. And I was amazed with the amount that we were out on a pretty nice fall day with the amount of people just walking through, just getting exercise along the roadways and things. So yeah, that's definitely part of the planning process. Well, I would point out about uh, Oak Hill Cemetery. It was created to be a park and a cemetery at a time when um, uh, people did not forget their dead and used it for picnics and things like this. That That's a real historic uh, thing. And then, of course, there's across the road with Memorial Park, which is sort of flat, but as you know, I'm sure, and since it's a sports night, uh, has a very important historic uh, personage. Uh, and so it, it's very important that we um, not only identify that here in our plan, but that we not forget to fund it because those are things that are very important and they've been absolutely underfunded over the years and certainly people who work in Parks and Rec are aware of that. Any other questions or? Nope. Well, thank you very much and we'll open this up for public comment at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Any public comment on this item? Yeah, this is Chris Flowers. I just want to say it's completely dumb that you're doing this agenda item before, like, before you elect the new commission. Like, why are you having the person we voted out, like, possibly given direction instead of the person we voted in? Like, I'm just saying it's dumb to do it in this order. Thank you. Any other public comment on this item? Anybody on Zoom? No, Mayor. Okay, thank you. We'll bring it back to the commission. Any other comments you want to add? Anybody? Um, there was one, just two particular comments I wanted to add. I'm glad that um, the statistically significant number was added up because when I saw the number on here at 71 and I started to look over and we're closing this at the end of the month, I started to get a little nervous, but I'm glad to hear that we do have more numbers coming in from the surveys that will put us at statistically significant. So thank you for that. Um, I did get a little excited in... The slides are a little jostled from your presentation from what was shared with us. So I'm going to say slide 14 in our present in our packet, which was the arts and culture update that I think um, I can't remember who gave the the update, but the public art piece where you talked about the citywide public art white rabbit trail, similar to the prior to our Jayhawks on parade. I'm assuming that's what you were referencing for that. That was really exciting to see that, and I think um, thinking about how we can connect that to the rebranding that we've done with 
the Phoenix and how we are elevating the prominence of the Phoenix in the community and how do we tie that. The Jayhawk is great. Jayhawk is universal. I grew up in Wichita. I was indoctrinated with, if you Shockers. were born in Kansas, you were a Jay... No. No. If you were born in Kansas, you were a <laughs> <laughs> Sir. Mm-hmm. God bless you. <laughs> that was not a... No. The, yeah. Sorry. No. We, I, we still don't. Yeah. I, and my, I live two blocks away from Wichita State. No. That if you were born in Kansas, you were a Jayhawk. That's what the indoctrination I received. <laughs> so I get the connection of wanting to do the Jayhawk. I think... Of if we were to put, if we were to elevate a project like this in our community, using the Phoenix so that people understand the relationship, the flame, the history, and having that, I think would be great. Just that's just a point of just a point of consideration for us to think as we, as this comes back to uh, if as this comes back to us, and as we think about what are ways to connect community to what symbolizes Lawrence, so on and so forth. So that was just, I got a tickle out of that seeing that, so I wanted to share that. <laughs> And I do appreciate Commissioner Shipley talk, um, bringing up the importance and value of, of our cemeteries, especially the historical context of it. We are seeing, a re- I wouldn't say resurgence, you're seeing more communities um, where they have maybe foundations or endowments that are associated with, uh, with, with cemeteries. And because of the tourism that is around it, um, my family, we are using it to take a trip this summer to Oklahoma to uh, the old Negro cemetery, the slave cemetery, and you know, calling for the city and the community to come to galvanize, to elevate just the historical importance of that. And so there is something to be said about that. So I do appreciate that is something that she's always shared with us on the commission that has been, um, that, is inv- that is valuable and is invaluable to our community. And I think there's something to be said about that, especially as we talk about our unmistakable identity and what that means too. Um, the history, the economic drive, as well as the community of, of what we are. So thank you for this presentation. Gave me a lot of notes to reference back to when you come back in front of us. Great. Great. Anybody want to add anything else? Thanks for the presentation. Look forward yep. to it in April. Thank you all. Thanks for your time. Thanks for the work. All right. Move on to our regular agenda items, and we'll start this with uh, comments from the mayor, me. So I'll start out by saying that it's been an honor to serve as mayor this past year and to continue to have the honor of continuing serving as a city commissioner going forward. I really want to thank all the city employees for your dedicated service. Um, Please know that I don't take it lightly, and I appreciate your work. So last year at this time, I spoke of six items that I believe needed to, that needed to be focused on to ensure we continue to work towards meeting our strategic plan. So now I'm going to take a few minutes to go over each of those items to give you a progress of where we're at. The first item was, in, was uh, rewriting the development code. In 2022, we began the process of rewriting our development code. This endeavor continues to be the front runner for making the biggest impact on growth in Lawrence, growth and development in Lawrence. So far, more than 20 committee and community meetings have been held this past year. And while the desire was to have a document for us at the end of this year, the sheer amount of the sheer amount of community and, and committee input, along with the complexity of transforming this document, has required a very in-depth and lengthy review. 
the importance of this document warrants taking the time to make sure we do our best to get it right. Our goal, our current goal is to have a draft to the commission by late spring, early summer. Is that correct? That's correct. Correct. So the next item is the need for uh, adopting, the other item I talked about was the need for adopting a neighborhood restoration program that provides some level of tax relief or other financial assistance and to encourage owner-occupied property owners to maintain and rehabilitate their home. This bodes to the strong welcoming neighborhood outcome of our strategic plan. We have used similar strategies when offering economic development incentives to some businesses. And there's no reason why we shouldn't offer, shouldn't offer a similar program to the benefit of our residential property owners. While this did not happen in 2023, it still might go to, to pursue this over the next couple of years. In the broad areas of economic development and, and infrastructure, I wrote about the potential impact of our new development code on economic development, along with our continued need to ensure strong investments are made in our infrastructure. And I'm very happy to report that our infrastructure investments continue to increase. The five-year capital improvement plan for 2024 to 2028 includes $480 million of infrastructure projects. To put this in some perspective, it was just five years ago in 2019 that our five-year CIP was only $275 million. This represents a 62% increase in our infrastructure investment. With, within this investment, the $480 million, we've dedicated $33 million to expansion projects, specifically those projects along the southwest and west legs of K-10. In addition, we've annexed an additional 295 acres that has the potential to provide well over 500 housing units. These investments show a strong commitment to our connected city outcome. And I want to thank staff and this commission for the dedication and attention to these pressing needs. The other item that I spoke, spoke about was the need for, um, was the desire to move forward with elections for a mayor and changing to a district model of representation. This was accomplished when the commission voted to put these on the November 2024 general election ballot. The vote to determine our community's desire to either retain the current form of government or to move to a separately elected mayor with six commissioners, four to be elected for, from districts and two elected at large. So this will occur, on, be on the ballot in 2024. And the final item I had on my list was the homelessness and housing situation. The, reali the realities of homelessness and affordable housing has elicited count countless debates and input from community members, numerous community meetings. The county has developed a strategic plan, and we have a plan to end chronic homelessness. The impact to our community has been felt far and wide. While there have been many difficult discussions and at times challenges to our ability to handle the magnitude of issues that come with homelessness, we have steadfastly and with what I believe rock solid commitment and purpose to move forward by learning from our missteps and capitalizing on our successes. This has resulted in building a strong foundation that includes the right partnerships, the right leadership, and the right leadership in hiring expert staff to accomplish our goal of ending chronic hom homelessness. To further support this goal, the city has made a significant commitment to programming and financial investment. 
The plan for ending chronic homelessness, called A Place for Everyone, is a culmination of three years of community conversations and planning. A key aspect of this plan is having an adequate amount of emergency shelters to address the needs of our community. We are meeting with this goal with the new governance and partnership at the Lawrence Community Shelter. Currently, the shelter is providing more than 120 beds for emergency sheltering. This is significantly more than previous winters. The city has committed to supporting the enhancement of the Lawrence Community Shelter to the extent that we'll be able to provide emergency sheltering to more than 200 people going forward. In addition, we are completing the final stages of building our 50-unit pallet housing development. The pallet houses will begin to be filled by the end of this year. We're that close. Now this new pallet housing development is the first of its kind in Kansas and in this region. The work done to date is a testament to our commitment to end chronic homelessness and we will continue to build on this work and these successes. These projects will provide the emergency housing needed and allow us to begin the process of closing camps and eventually fully enforcing the no camping law. Our commitment to housing does not stop with emergency and transitional housing. We also provide funding for affordable housing. In 2023, we provided over $2 million to fund projects that will produce over 360 housing units. And tonight, we approved a budget for 2024 that will provide almost $3 million of assistance. From this, this assistance, at least 244 housing units will be built and 375 households will be able to take advantage of housing vouchers and rental assistance. So I wanna thank our staff and our partners for this commitment and the continued work in addressing the homeless and housing issues in our community. The work that staff and this commission is doing towards meeting the goals of our strategic plan is paramount not only to the physical growth of our community, but also the equitable and sustainable growth that is interwoven throughout our plan. It's vital that we balance these needs to ensure our community members have the greatest opportunity to thrive. While there's always more work to be done, I believe our accomplishments this year move us closer to meeting our goals and making Lawrence a better place to live. I finally want to thank my fellow commissioners for all their hard work and the community for your voice and engagement in this process. Thank you very much. So now we're going to move to um, presentation of gifts to our. No, we're not having public comments. Yeah. And this is a general <laughs> item. You put it on the this is not a public comment. And you're out of order. So we'll go on to our next item, which is presentation of gifts to our outgoing commissioner. So Courtney, we've got two things for you. First item is a plaque. Oh, there you go. Very kind. Yep, there you go. Thank you yep. very much for your service to our community. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So next I'm going to invite Commissioner okay. Shipley to, yeah. to say a few comments. <laughs> I'll try to get my three minutes in here. Um, 
uh, first, I'd like to thank, of course, my husband and family for supporting me on this journey. Um, I'm so blessed to have been able to meet so many great people and cherished friends over the last four years, some of them here. Uh, uh, Lawrence has the finest, most talented staff, some 800 people, and I will never have the words to express how grateful I am t for the work that, uh, to work with all of you. I did go back and look at uh, several exit speeches, and I, I saw one commissioner insult a staff member, I saw another commissioner insult a member of the public, uh, and some commissioners um, didn't even show up for their last day at all. Um, so I want to I want to spend my my last moments that the the mayor has in, has indulged me with um, to talk about a, a misconception I think that's really important about what this body does and doesn't do. Um, this is the policy making body, which I appreciate the the many times uh, Commissioner Sellers and and even Commissioner Fingledye has reminded us of that. Um, Neither the mayor nor uh, individual commissioners are empowered to instruct, direct, coerce, intimidate, or bully individual employees. Uh, the gift I hope to give staff on my way out is to remind the public and commissioners alike that staff at all levels, from lifeguards to executive staff, again, these 800 people, are not here to be bullied or intimidated by individual commissioners, advisory board members, or members of the public for that matter. Like all high-functioning organizations, there's a flowchart of responsibility, a chain of command, in order to adhere to basic employment practices and preserve our local democracy. That's accountability and transparency. Attempts by individual commissioners to influence or direct staff outside of this transparent arena are representative democracy based on majority cons consensus among these five elected, new, newly elected officials is regarded as anti-democratic at best and corruption at worst. These behaviors have been allowed in the past and it contributed to a culture of fear and confusion within this organization that this commission has worked to reverse for many years. This community can ill afford a return to such toxic behavior. Our staff deserve basic civility and respect inside and outside of um, uh, the organization. And I, as one member of the 95,000 uh, people in this community, uh, will be right over there watching to make sure they get it. Um, Mayor, I never got to do any of the fun stuff. Uh, I didn't get to do a Star Wars day or <laughs> any of those things, and, and I, I was tempted to read a sonnet, but I will spare you all the 58 seconds it takes to read Shakespeare and just, again, say thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we will now move to swearing in of the new commission. No, no. Okay, swearing in. Just the new commissioners, right? Yeah, the new. I think so. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you will please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I state your name. Do solemnly and sincerely. Do solemnly and sincerely. Declare and affirm. Declare and affirm. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of Kansas. And the Constitution of the State of Kansas. And faithfully discharge the duties of commissioner. And faithfully discharge the duties of commissioner. For the city of Lawrence, Kansas. For the city of Lawrence, Kansas. During the term for which I was elected. During the term for which I was elected. And this I do. And this I do. Under the pains and penalties of perjury. Under the pains and penalties of perjury. <laughs> Congratulations. Right. We have a commission. Welcome. Thank you. All right, our next item is to conduct the election of the mayor. We'll now receive nominations for the position of mayor. Do I have nominations for the position of mayor? Mayor, I would uh, move to nominate Bart Littlejohn as our next mayor. Okay. Second. Uh, are there any other nominations for mayor? No, ma'am. Okay. Do I have a motion to close the nominations? Move to close the nominations. Second. Got a second, a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. So the nominations are now closed. Do I have a motion for the position of the mayor? Move to approve Bart Littlejohn as the next mayor of the city of Lawrence. Second. I have a first and a second. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Passes five to zero. Great, go to our Okay, we'll continue this evening with the uh, conduct the election of the vice mayor. We'll start again with nominations for the position of night, uh, vice mayor. Do I have any nominations for vice mayor? I would move to nominate Mike Devo, Commissioner Mike Devo, as the vice mayor. Second. Okay, are there any are there any other nominations for vice mayor? Mayor, I nominate Amber Sellers myself as vice mayor. Okay. Are there any other nominations for vice mayor? No, ma'am. Do you have a motion to close the nominations? I move to close the nominations. Okay, second. Second. I have a first and a second. All in favor to close the nominations, say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes five to zero. So the nominations are now closed. Do I have a, mo a motion for the position of the vice mayor? Mayor, before, can we clarify before we take the vote that it is a roll call vote? I will turn to Sherry. We can do a roll call vote. Okay. I would move to n nominate um, Mike Devo as vice mayor. Second. I have a first and a second and votes. Okay. Me? I'll you go, go ahead and do the roll call. Go, yeah, do roll call. Commissioner Larson. Um, yes. Commissioner Littlejohn. Yes. Commissioner Finkeldye. Yes. Commissioner Dever. Yes. 
Commissioner Sellers. Nay. We have a vote of four to one with um, um, it passes to have Vice Mayor Mike Dever as our new Vice Mayor. Thank you. Mayor, point of order. Yes, sure. I understand that we don't do parliamentary procedure, but I do want to uh, note that when I asked for a roll call vote, the roll call vote was for us to state which nominee. Okay. So technically, we were out of order with how we deliberated our vote, but for the sake of time and sure, order, could you? We, yeah. we've already closed. So this motion carries, and I'm not going to reconsider. Okay. Did you want me to respond, Mayor? Yeah, sure. So we had two. We had two nominations, and there was a motion on the floor, and there was a second to um, elect Commissioner Dever as the vice mayor. Which was technically out of order, but again, because we don't follow parliamentary procedure, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, she should. Sherry. The, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not disputing the vote. Again, not unless someone else wants the motion to reconsider, we don't need to. I just wanted to state that the, the second motion to nominate, vice, to nominate Mike Deaver for vice mayor was out of order because we had closed the nominations and therefore the point of order was to ensure that the vote was a roll call vote as to who was voting for which candidate, so. And, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, sir, please don't say anything else. I'm gonna to have to ask you to leave. It was the same process we followed for the previous yeah, it's, one. It is, so this is a have the procedures outlined. Exactly. That's why I said it. But the proper procedures was followed based on our. There, there. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Bart. We are to receive. Um, it's up to you now. Receive comments from new commissioners. <laughs> new uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, um, well, first of all, I would like to present you with a little oh, gift. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Yeah. So what do we got here? Oh, this is the. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Bart. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for the gavel. I didn't have to <laughs> grab it like you did last yeah. time. There you go. Um, I want to thank you for all your service. I know that uh, you, you, you've, it's, uh, you've done an exemplary job during the year that we've all had. So, mm -hmm. um, And also, I want to go ahead and thank all of uh, my fellow commissioners for their nomination and uh, Honestly, all of their hard work, uh, including those who are leaving and those coming on. Um, I really do appreciate the tireless work that you put into this job. Additionally, I want to make special thanks to our outstanding staff as well. Their day-to-day -day efforts to maintain and grow our city should never go without appreciation. Um, thank you to my employer for <laughs> uh, working with me to serve the people of Lawrence. Uh, especially, I want to thank my family who are here now. I cannot do this without them, and they have been with me every step of the way. Uh, the grace, patience, and support allow me to work in concert with my fellow commissioners and staff for the betterment of this city. Um, local government 
is its own special animal. Uh, we have the opportunity to work for folks in the most direct way and make a difference in the ways that uh, people can truly appreciate. We do that through tools that show our values like our strategic plan, reinvigorating policy like our development code, and always looking for new ways to succeed. Um, areas like infrastructure, uh, areas in that regard like infrastructure, housing, houselessness, economic development, sustainability, resiliency, and uh, also promoting the growth of affordable senior living and early childcare development. Um, through our asset management pro program and work on infrastructure, we've made tremendous progress. Our focus on these resiliency and efficiency measures will not only help us with resources that we have, but to de design better ones in the future. We've made progress in adding more housing to our city, but we've got a long way to go. We have a dearth in housing at all levels, especially affordable housing, and we need to make demonstrable efforts to go ahead and re rectify that. This is buttressed with our efforts to go ahead and address houselessness. We've committed to joint, the joint plan with the county, a place for everyone, where we will both play a part in working together to end chronic homelessness. For our part, we've taken leadership in the emergency shelter and affordable housing space. We're committed to bring online 850 affordable housing units within the next three to five years and support entities like the shelter. But we're not in a vacuum. And if they are listening, uh, I, I would like to put out that we would, could, would appreciate all the help we can get at the uh, state and federal level. Um, the only way that a city can continue to be successful is through intelligent growth. That entails both workforce and economic development. It means working with our partners to construct a cohesive vision for where we want to go. Part of that is increasing commercial development creating opportunities for all of our local entrepreneurs to start or grow their businesses, and making sure that we're effective in providing avenues to retain all of our talent from universities, trade, and technical schools. I've been encouraged by the progress we made integrating sustainable and resiliency measures into what we do and what we build. It's a great start, and we have ambitious goals, so we've got a ways to go. Additionally, I think we have a great opportunity to capitalize on what Panasonic brings us in terms of research, development, and generating economic options as an advanced energy hub. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't m mention the recent projects regarding affordable senior living and early childcare. Both development and fulfilling the needs of both populations will be critical in the near future. I've been encouraged by discussions mentioning public-private partnerships in those regards and look forward to their fruition. In the last couple of years, we've been a commission of firsts, but I'm determined that we will not be a commission of lasts. Just as the folks that I mentioned when I came on commission set the path for me, hopefully I can set the path for others. And I look forward to widening that circle. All of us make up this vibrant community that is Lawrence, and there is space and place for us all. Working together is what gets us there. I'm excited to work with all of you to keep pushing us forward to a bigger and brighter future. Thank you. All right. Um, now we'll receive uh, comments from our newly elected commissioner, uh, Commissioner Dever. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I appreciate you 
letting me speak first. I know that's uh, an honor and I appreciate it. Um, I want to thank my wife, Lee Beth, for helping me um, through this process of uh, getting back into local politics. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of energy, but I like the work and I enjoy the people and I really look forward to helping um, in the future. I want to thank the people that helped me get elected, uh, the supporters who went out and put up signs every day and fixed the broken ones and put them back up over and over again, the people that let me put signs in the yards, and most importantly, the voters who came out and voted, and that's really important to everyone. Um, I'm really looking forward to working with the city commissioners that are up here today. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have any uh, preconceived notions about any of you or the government in general, and I'm really looking forward to this reintroduction to this job, and I feel like I'm going to bring the energy and effort that's needed. And I want to just thank the citizens of Lawrence for having the trust in me, and thank you very much. All right. Uh, any other commissioners wanting to make any comments? Uh, any Commissioner okay. Sellers? Yeah, I'll indulge. Um, first, I want to take a time to thank family, friends, and supporters, specifically to my family who is watching online right now, and to my mother, I love you. And we're praying that you continue to grow stronger and stronger each day, just like the strong black woman I know you to be and who you've raised me to be. I'm going to keep my comments short and sweet as much as possible, if you guys know me. I've been told I, I lecture, I preach, but what I hope to do is to edify and connect my community to understanding the value gaps that we have, not to dwell on them but to bring awareness in hopes that we can come together collectively to close the gap. Because as long as gaps exist, inequity exists, inequality exists, and the ability to thrive and function successfully and collectively will never be achieved. So I come to you today standing on the shoulders of my ancestors, of those who have come before me and continue to elevate me to the goals of which I came, which I am here to preserve and to, to bring justice to. I stand on the shoulders of Shirley Chisholm, who stood in a shadow, mocked, ridiculed, speaking of a voice in a space that no black woman was ever seen to be. Or even or was even achieved was seen for for her to achieve in, and she stood and she campaigned on the motto of unbought and unbossed. And I refuse, and I will. I want to be able to make sure I give that motto justice. And so I'm not here to appropriate it in any way. But I recognize that I stand to you, I stand, I sit here in front of you, but I stand for my community today, unbossed and unbought. And I will continue to do that because I believe that the people of this community should be centered in policy development and policy creation and policy imagination because we've gotten away from that. And it will continue to be my goal to do that. I stand here telling you that I will continue to be a catalyst for impactful social change in our community, whether it be me or those who come behind me, whoever that is. Because this is not about me. 
This is about each and every one of you. My family, my connection. Mr. Tron, when he said his public comments earlier, touched on something that I want to briefly touch on, which is the power of progress and sometimes how it doesn't come to us at the detriment of traditionalism. And sometimes when we lean on tradition, what we're saying is that we believe in stagnation. We lack innovation. We believe in the status quo. We cannot call ourselves a progressive community if we're not willing to address the traditions that continue to perpetuate the same outcomes that we continue to have. So if we want to change, we gotta start being more progressive than we are right now. And we can't lean on tradition. Impatience is the victory. Impatience for victory guarantees defeat. Impatience for victory guarantees defeat. In our pursuit to include and to bring impactful change in our community, we can't be hasty. We can't be quick. We have to remember that a gap exists. And in order for us to move, to move progress forward, to move outcomes forward, whether they're in our, in our strategic plan or even by the mantra that we live, we cannot be impatient. We have been, in times, impatient. And we have to recognize we cannot do this work unless we are all at a space where we understand. And we're getting there. And we've had some trial and error. And family, we, we have that. We're going to continue to experience that. But let us not let our impatience for quick change be the victor, be the defeat in our victory. So um, I want to end with an Ethiopian proverb that says, when the spider webs unite, they can tie up a lion. Collectively, we must unite to bind up and remove the barriers that prevent anyone in our community from thriving. So let us remind ourselves that not only are we people and humans interacting with each other, we are a community. We are family. And so as we progress policies in order to address inadequacies and gaps in our community, may we do it with a sense of unity. Because without us doing it that way, we're leaning on tradition, which means we're leaning on failure. Thank you. Okay. Well, that is all of that for the agenda, and we'll move on to commission items. All right. And I have a commission iron. All right. Commissioner um, Sellers. I know earlier this week we received a draft resolution from um, the Free Palestine Group, and um, I had an opportunity to review the resolution. And I do have some thoughts and proposed maybe language that I would like for staff um, to look at and possibly meet with um, 
the free pa rally for free, uh, rally for Palestine, Lawrence or Ms. Fowley, um, to get get a chance for our staff to sit down and have a conversation with her to have a look at the resolution and maybe reconcile some of the language and make, and bring back updates uh, to this commission so that we can discuss that more. And again, I know that we all received a draft of the resolution. We haven't really had a conversation to talk about it. Um, there were some things about it that I found impactful. There were some things that I would like the commission to consider adding to it if it is something that we are willing to vote on. But I would like to give staff the opportunity, um, perhaps maybe Dr. Muhammad, to um, sit down with Ms. Folly and, and the group and see if we can reconcile some of that language and bring something back in, uh, to us for discussion. Um, Craig, you, am I mistaken? Do we have an open dialogue going on with that group and other groups or? We did have we did have a discussion. Dr. Muhammad and I met with that group um, okay. last week or two weeks ago. Okay. Um, but I mean, I from my purpose, I would have no problem continuing a discussion, not necessarily what was presented to us, but um, that would be fine. I mean, how do the rest of the commissioners feel? I mean, my, my request would be to just have staff take a look at the amendments or revisions that I, I have and maybe before years out, they can come back and bring us something or if not, just at least give us a status update before we end for the holiday. Um, well, it seems reasonable to me. Um, how do fellow commissioners about this commission item I'm fine with dr. Muhammad having conversations yep. absolutely I'll have to defer to your judgment I have wasn't involved previously much yep. so I, I would I would I would go with whatever makes everyone you know comfortable with the progress and moving it forward yep. all right I, I hope that's enough direction for you guys to go ahead and continue. you see I heard uh, before the end of the the year so in one of the next meetings in December Bring, it, bring something back. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I guess what I was saying was have a discussion. Yeah. Not necessarily bring something back until you know what, until we understand what the discussion okay. is. I would agree with that. So a city manager's update? Yeah. yeah. That'd be fine. Okay. Okay. All right. Any other commissioner, commission items? Don't see any. Okay. Um, city manager's report. Um, only the future agenda items. All right. All right. Um, this is an item for public comment. Um, so, uh, any any questions from the commissioners? No, sir. Okay. I will open it up to public comment. And not seeing any here. Um, Sherry, is there any online? Uh, no, Mayor. Okay, bringing it back to us. And uh, no, any discussion on it? All right. Sir. Um, go ahead and move us on to the calendar. Any discussion on that? 
Is the city observing New Year's Eve and New Year's? Are we doing January first? And I'm just I'm I'm a little bit I know we didn't I'm just a little worried about January second. About oh yes, a meeting, whether a meeting January on January second. So. We have it on the calendar. We, I mean, you often have had yeah Monday holidays and meet on Tuesdays, but if I mean that would be at your now. discretion to cancel it. Looks like a short agenda, occurring future agenda yeah. items. So. Keep it short. <laughs> Keep it short. But short. Okay. Um, all right. So. I would move to adjourn. Yeah. Okay. I'll take. I'll take that second. motion. <laughs> Any seconds? Second. Okay. It's a second. Uh, <laughs> all those in favor? Aye. Aye. All right. We are adjourned. Thank Have you all. Night, everyone. Good night, everyone, and thank you all for coming. I would invite anyone uh, and everyone to go ahead and join us for a reception in the lobby to recognize our outgoing and incoming new commissioner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry.